It's The Wow Show with your hosts, Donna Lyons and Elizabeth Ertel. This show will wow you up with some of the most fascinating guests from around the world. It will excite you, thrill you, amaze you, and bring you to your knees. The two blonde bombshells will electrify your wowness and raise your wow factor beyond limits you never expected. So let's get crazy and have some fun right here, right now on The Wow Show. And now it's time for your royal wownesses. Donna and Elizabeth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you from Washington, D.C., with my beautiful co-host, as always, Elizabeth Ertel. How you doing, girl? Hello, BFF. How are you? And welcome to the show, everybody. I'm really excited. Our guest today, so much fun. Had a hard time getting him, but <laughs> I'm so, we finally locked it in, and I'm really excited. It's the one and only Butch Patrick, and we all know him from playing Eddie Munster in the hit series, The Munsters. And he's played on thousands. He's played thousands of roles. I mean, there's just, like, too many to list. So we're going to bring him on, and we're just going to have some fun. Hey, Butch, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, kids. <laughs> morning, Butch. <laughs> morning. Can you are you a me? hard one to lock in. Oh, well, first I have to ask you, did you cancel hair and wardrobe today? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, it's too early to do Zoom, Zoom interviews. I'm telling you, that's why I love doing radio. It's like, hey, you can hide behind it. <laughs> Seriously. You know, what I wanted to ask you is, let's just start from the beginning. How did you get into acting? Um, you know, it's funny. For someone who wound up being in the business most of his life, it was absolutely not in the plans. Uh, what happened was is my little sister was the focus of the camera's attention for a photo shoot which I accompanied them on because I was like seven years old at the time. So my mom just drug me along to the, to the deal. And the guy used to, his name was Amos Carr and he happened to be the go-to Hollywood photographer for all the kids in Hollywood. So after he was done with my sister, he looked over and he asked my mom, he goes, you know, your son, Butch over there, he's got a kind of a cool look. Do you mind if I take a couple of pictures and put him, you know, for my own files or whatever. And, my mom said, no, you never know. They may come in handy someday, and it's a free shoot, so okay, go for it. Well, he put that photo in the window of his uh, studio on Hollywood Boulevard, and a couple, I think about a month ago, a month went by, and then a producer and a director happened to be walking along, but they were casting a movie, and they hadn't found the youngest kid, uh, the child of Eddie Albert and Jane Wyatt, and it was called The Two Little Bears. It was a 20th Century Fox movie. Brenda Lee played my older sister. Um, Soupy Sales was the comic relief cop. Nancy Culp played the school teacher. Eddie Albert was a principal. It was really a good little B movie, but um, they hired me. They took, brought me up for an interview. I had no experience, and they said, well, you got to start somewhere. So I, I handled myself well enough to get my first job. And then from there, before the movie's uh, wrapped, I picked up a Kellogg's Cornflakes commercial and a series called uh, a little series, that, a short-lived series called General Hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Short-lived. Yeah. And then how did you yep, get the role as Eddie? Uh, well, okay. Uh, after the General Hospital and the Cornflakes thing, I did, did, I did a year of the real McCoys. 
Um, and in between, I did a lot of guest starring roles and uh, some movie parts, you know, mostly kid stuff, some Westerns. I could ride a horse, so I did um, a lot of Westerns. And then I went back to live with my grandmother after The Real McCoys uh, in Illinois, and uh, the casting went something like this. They, Bill Mooney was their first choice, and he didn't fit into his plans, the makeup or his schedule or whatever he had going on. So he said, no, thank you. And then they actually did cast a kid called Happy Derman. I, I, I was told they did several hundred, you know, uh, there was casting for several hundred kids, which seems about right for a series, you know, in Hollywood. Everybody comes out for that. And they wound up hiring Happy Derman and a woman named Joan Marshall for the mom as Phoebe Munster. So the networks greenlighted the show, but they said, we, we really want to change the mom and the kid. We're not happy with them. So Mary Grady, my agent, caught wind of that and suggested that they bring me in, and they go, we've looked at every kid in Hollywood. And she said, well, he's not in Hollywood. He's in Illinois with his, with his grandmother. So they agreed to pay for my flight, flew me in, and then told me not to go home. And the funny part about it was you being in Washington, D.C., is when, mm-hmm. my, when my mom, when I left for Illinois, my mom was married to a baseball player named Ken Hunt who was with the, L, with the California Angels, the L.A. Angels back then. And he was traded yeah. to the Washington Senators uh, in 1963. So what happened was, while I was with my grandmother, they moved to the East Coast and lived in uh, Silver Springs or Suitland or somewhere nearby. And um, I had no place to stay in California, and I had a series to do. So I moved in with my uncle and hired a woman to take me to work, and that's how I got the part. <laughs> oh, wow. I, were you – you know, and I always think about this because you were so young at the time, and I look at Fred Gwynn, who played uh, Herman Munster – Yep. Were you freaked out by him the first time you saw him standing there, like looking up in his costume? <laughs> uh, no, it was it was funny. One of the things, for some reason, as a young kid, I was never really intimidated by adults, and um, I, I kind of they used to call me actually. It it, it wouldn't be uh, it's not uh, politically correct today, but they used to call me a thirty nine year old midget because they said there's no way this kid's eleven years old. He's just too adult for his own good. So I was I was eleven. <laughs> Play, I was a nine. I was, I was eleven playing nine, but my my mental uh, capacity was that of a teenager or a young adult. So uh, it worked out well for both of us. And for, and Herman's character was kind of childlike, and my character was kind of adult-like. So they played off well. Yeah, it did. You guys did work so well together. It was just absolutely amazing. I mean, and then obviously the other show that everybody remembers that's our age, uh, Litzville. I mean, that was that show was so much fun. It reminded me of like the Bugaloos and what was the other one? Um, Puff and stuff. Uh, HR Puff and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. all the yeah. Sid and Marty Croft shows. You are, How did you, you, know, you get you know that why? part? Well, you know why it reminded you of them? Because it was done by the same people. It was Puff and Stuff was Croft, then the Bugaloos were Croft, and then Lidsville. Um, that one actually, I I was in high school at the time. So I was uh, the summer I turned eighteen. I was in high school in June, just about ready to graduate, and I actually turned the show down several times. Marty Croft kept calling, and I thought it was like a kid show, and I wasn't really crazy about it. And I was kind of getting out of the business, and I was pretty much not going to do any more work. But um, the Cowsills, who I went to school with, convinced me that. You never turn down, you know, when somebody offers you a job and you never turn it down. Uh, so I did, the, you know, crunch the numbers, and it was only going to be 11 weeks' work, and it was the summer of 71. So, um, but the reason I actually did the show was I was out at the crop interview, and I noticed a picture of Caroline Ellis, who was in the Bugaloos, a cute little, a cute little brunette. And yeah. I said, do you think she might ever, do you think she may ever show up? And they lied to me. She was in England, but they said, oh, yeah, she comes around all the time. So... <laughs> 
I, uh, I signed on. I kept looking for Caroline Ellis for 11 weeks, and she never did show up. <laughs> you know, I've had her on my show. We're, we're actually acquaintances now, and I had her on, and she actually called in from Spain, and where she's living now. And it was such right. a fun interview. We had a blast. But she's a doll. She's still darling. She's still as cute as can be. Well, you know, this year we I had a CroftCon, the first ever CroftCon. I, I had this idea, and a gentleman up at the Orinda Theater in San Francisco area, we had Sid and Marty, first time they'd been together for a few years. We had Johnny Whitaker, myself, Chris Knight, uh, Sharon Baird, who is one of the she, she was in all the Croft shows as well. But we got I got Caroline to do, like she did with you, a Zoom in from uh, Spain. So it was a huge success. Everybody loves the Croft shows. So at, in hindsight, I look back upon it. At the time, I wasn't too crazy with Charles Nelson Riley. But I loved Billy Hayes, and I loved Sharon Baird, and I loved a lot of the little people there because I had worked with them over the years because in Hollywood, they never have a stand-in. Uh, they don't have kids stand-in for other kids, so they hire little people to be adult stand-ins. And as I grew – I got to know pretty much every little person at every height level. As I kept growing, they kept bringing in, you know, taller little people. <laughs> oh God, that's too funny. What do you? How? What's your? What are your thoughts? I'm kind of going to go off the chart here. Um, okay. Kids, you know, child actors right now, and you know, you hear you hear such good and bad things. What are your thoughts about children actors getting in the business so young? It's a case-by-case situation. Um, the, the negative side of it is what makes news and headlines, so you always hear about the bad stuff. But for really, for every 1% of bad, there's 99% people that you never hear anything bad about them because, you know, it's not newsworthy. And, you know, they, it's, it's Hollywood uh, dirt dishing. But I found the industry to be very cool. I never had a problem. I never had any uh, issues with anything that, you know, you might consider there's been a lot of publicity about a lot of bad things. Um, as yeah. far as, as far as being in the business, Bill Mooney and I both spoke about that. We were talking the other day and he goes, you know, I never had any issues either. I said, I didn't either. I go, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, we were just lucky or, or maybe our parents protected us, or maybe we just gave off an air of like, you know, don't mess with me. We're here to do our job. And, you know, we're not, we don't look you know, vulnerable, but the industry itself is fine. Most of the problems, that I found with people, a lot of them were from the home situation with, because a lot of what people don't understand one kid goes to work. Well, when that happens, the whole home life gets disrupted because one of the parents has to take the kid in, which means the other kids are without. And number two, uh, jealousy sets in from the other siblings. But there are other siblings. Number three, the, the kid tries to please the parent and the director. And a lot of times it gets, it can be very stressful and it's not for everybody. It's cer- it's certainly, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't really tell anybody to go into it unless, you know, they really, really just enjoyed it for fun and don't think about anything. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of rejection involved because, you know, you don't get everything you go up on. And I, you know, I've, I used to teach how to get into show business the right way. And what I told people, I said, if you want to be in the industry and you're okay with checking your ego and you don't have to be in front of the camera, you stand a much better chance of working behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that from other mm-hmm. people as well. I've had other actors on that say the same thing. Right. Elizabeth, I know you have some questions, so I'm going to hand it over to Elizabeth right now. Hi, Bombshell Bush. number two. So this Bombshell, is Bombshell number two. two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, we're going to start with a fun one because, well, growing up with that, you know, when I was little when that show was on too, I want to know all about Wolf Wolf. And I know everybody else wants to know about Wolf Wolf too. He was the cutest little toy that you had. So do you have a Wolf Wolf today? 
The story of Wolf Wolf, two things. Number one, number one, ask question whenever anybody, I can have the Dragula, the Munster coach behind me. I could have a table full of pictures and toys. First thing people say is, where's Wolf Wolf? Uh, and, and I have that. I, I have a top ten. I have a top ten fact. Munster's retractable banner that I put up simply for people to educate themselves before they get to the table, because it gives them a lot of the top ten facts, so they don't have to ask me. And not that I don't mind talking to people, but yeah. now we can talk about stuff. You know, is a little bit more closer to home for them because I've got all my facts out in front. And number one, where's Wolf Wolf? Is number one. What happened with Wolf Wolf? I was out in Universal about nine years after the Munsters doing an Ironside. And Eddie Keys was our prop man. He was already like 85 years old when he was on the Munsters. He was really old. So oh, wow. I walked out, and not, I saw Eddie Keys walking towards me. I go, my God, you're alive. <laughs> and he, Eddie, 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 Eddie laughed, and he goes, by the way, don't leave, don't leave until you see me. And I go, why? He goes, I got something for you. And he came out. He says, put this in the trunk of your car. Don't let anybody see it, and we'll open it when you get home. And it was woof woof. He had saved it all those years, and he thought, you know, you should have him. And I did, and, and unfortunately, I didn't take very good care of him. And I, I lived at the beach, and I hung him from a noose in a bay window with the sun beating on him, and he <laughs> fell apart. Uh, so but what I did was is I, I sold him to a, a, a restoration expert and a gentleman that had the Yeti Munster Stingray bicycle. So we made a deal. I sold him to the Wolfwolf doll. He recreated him, and now I've got four variations of different stages of Wolf Wolf uh, in my collection. So he's alive and well. I love to see. We'd love to see pictures of that with that restoration. Oh, that's a cool story. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will send you some. You can put on your your uh, your your social media. I'll send you some afterwards. Oh, sounds great. You know, uh, actually, I was reading up. So you were able to work on the new Monsters movie that came out last year, and uh, you you portrayed uh, the voice of the Tin Can Man. Would you like to elaborate yeah. on that for us? Well, yeah, uh, sure, of course. Rob and I, um, I had met Rob years ago briefly, and, uh, you know, uh, I always loved Dragon. It was one of my favorite rock videos, and uh, he's a very creative guy. I'm not really, uh, that's not my kind of movie stuff that he makes. It's not really my genre, but, you know, it's good, and people love it, and I, and I get a lot of his fans coming out because he's a fan of the Munsters, and him and a lot of fans, there's a lot of big, famous people that love the Munsters, and, and Rob's one of them. So he's been, for 20 years, he's been attempting to get the rights to do this movie, and he finally secured them a few years ago. And I sat with him uh, in the, in the uh, movie theater, and we did voiceover, a uh, real-time documentary on the new Munsters Go Home Blu-ray that the Shout Factory had, uh, had put together. So he and I sat for a couple hours and chatted and talked in real time. And, and actually, we, we, we bonded pretty well. We, you know, he's a huge fan, and, you know, and I, I have a, a respect for what he does. So when the movie came out, it's funny, I had gone to his house in Connecticut because I knew he loved the Munster coach, and I was going to take him for a spin. And right when he got there, he said, I just got back from Hungary. And I go, what, did you go location scouting? He goes, no, I actually uh, completed the movie in the middle of the pandemic in secret, which is incredible that he pulled it off. It was like an amazing secret. One thing was just it's difficult to do a movie, any kind of project during the pandemic, let alone in a foreign country, let alone in secrecy, and pull it off. So he Absolutely. did, and then he said, and I've got something in it for you and Pat. I would like you to participate. And I said, what is that? He goes, it's a voiceover thing. There is no Eddie, and there is no Marilyn because the movie – now, this is before it came out. I couldn't talk about it for six months. It really frustrated me. But he goes, it's, a, it's kind of like a prequel of how the Munsters came to America. So there is no, there is no Eddie and Marilyn, but I, I have something for you to do. And he created the Tin Can Man, and I loved it because 
even though it's a, it's a small part, um, it's a funny character, and I got to marry Herman and Lily, which was a nice to be the officiant of their uh, <laughs> betrothal. Their betrothal. <laughs> That's really interesting. I didn't know about that being a prequel. Fabulous. Uh, actually well, no, 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 no. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Now, there is okay. no. He left the door. He left the door open. There is no. You know, if you see the okay. movie, they get to America. Yeah. They get to America. They sit on the couch, and Daniel Roebuck goes, well, "Okay, what do we do now?" And the fact is, they're now in America in the Munster Mansion with Uncle Lester gave him some money that he had won. So now there is. It's open for a sequel if they choose to do so. I have no idea when it's going to happen, but but the, at least the. The structure of the the movie was left wide open if they choose to go down that path. Fabulous, fingers crossed, right? Speaking of Absolutely. you know, you had you really did have a great close family type of relationship on and off. Um, you know, the set with your cast. Uh, your, yeah. What I want to know about is Yvonne De Carlo, the beautiful, stunning Yvonne De Carlo. I know that years after the show was over you developed a beautiful friendship with her. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, sure. Um, in fact, you know, in Hollywood, what, what happens is you're very close for short periods of time, and then everybody goes on their own way, and, you know, and, and you may or may not connect with them later. But as a kid, you know, you don't have a whole lot in common. It's not like when it's over, you're going to say, let's go to lunch, and I'll ride my bicycle mm-hmm. over, and I'll meet you, you know, I'll meet you at the <laughs> Continental Hyatt House. I'll meet you at the Continental Hyatt House. So when I so I didn't have I didn't have any relationship with any of the adults until I was about thirty, and that's what happened when then as I created Eddie and the Monsters and the Rock videos for MTV and Al and Pat Priest. Um, Al was first. He came back into my life. Then we brought in Pat. We started doing personal appearances back right when the Comic Con started and and conventions started. We were right there at the forefront. Now I still hadn't run into Yvonne yet, but what happened was Vicky Lawrence used to have a very popular talk show. And she asked me to be a surprise guest for Yvonne DiCarlo, and I, of course, agreed. So when I was her surprise guest on the Vicky show, she and I reconnected, and I found out where she lived and what was going on. And she was kind of a, you know, a kind of not a recluse, but she was living up uh, in Central California, a little town called Napoma. I went up and visited her. We chatted. She called me her TV baby. She was very sweet, <laughs> always very nice, always had nice. Excuse me. I always had nice things to say to people about, you know, how my professional and I was a great kid to work with and blah, blah, blah. Excuse me, water. So anyway, what happened was is Kevin Burns, uh, who was the world's biggest Munsters fan and a, and a Hollywood producer, wanted to meet her. And I told – we drove up there one day. And after we drove up there and reconnected um, – he took very good care of her. He made sure that, you know, she got, like, movies to see and, and things that happened. And he always kept an eye on her because I wasn't living in California anymore. I was in Florida. So it was nice that, although we were friends on the phone, that she physically had somebody in her corner in Hollywood that was taking care of her as well and making sure that everything was, was good. So, yeah, we were, we were close at the end. I saw her at the, old, the motion picture home before her passing. Uh, always kind, always sweet. And uh, she was a very nice woman on the set, and she took good care of me as well as a – my mom, you know, my family was in Washington, D.C., so my TV family was literally my family. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I'm, I'm amazed. You are such a great guy. You are so much fun to chat with, and I thank you so much for answering my fun questions, especially about World War okay. And I do apologize about that because <clears throat> I knew that was your number one question everywhere, but I just had to bring it up. <laughs> 
No problem. It's it's great. It's uh, you know, like I say, it's, it's, he's been a, he's almost like a sixth character. I don't bring him along with me. Everybody says, you know, it's the first time we brought him along on the plane, and the uh, the waitress thought he was a kid. I mean, the, the, the flight attendant. <laughs> I remember that because he was the, it was like you know you're the infant, the ugly infant. We all love that thing, though. It was oh so my ugly. Gosh. Oh, oh my God, you guys! I hate to do this, but we're running out of time. Butch, what do you have coming up? Anything that you can tell us? I'm living in Conway, Arkansas, and I am uh, with Creepy Works Halloween Haunted. I'm building my own Stage 32 to recreate the Munster working experience. I'm putting my entire mm-hmm. Munster stuff on display: my bike, my chopper, uh, excuse me, my Dragula, and my Munster coach, along with a bunch of other stuff. And we will have the history of the Universal Monsters on one wall. Uh, and then we will have the Munster living room and Grandpa's uh, uh, dungeon on the other side. So look forward to that. And you can find me on all the social media sites. But the easiest thing to do, write, get your pen and paper, because this is going to be hard to remember. Munsters.com. <laughs> that is so That's hard the, to remember. I don't know. I know. I don't know. Yep. Munsters.com, that'll lead you to everything I do uh, Munster-related. Well, once this thing is complete, we'd love to have you back on again and talk. T- tell the listeners all about it. We would love, love, love to have you back on. If I Absolutely. can track you down. No problem. You've got my number now. I and you've do. got Munsters.com. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank you, Butch. Bye. You're welcome, kids. Bye-bye. Right, take care. What a blast. That everyone, that was Butch Patrick and a very well known from the Munsters, obviously. You can go to Munsters dot com to catch up on everything he's doing. And uh once again, Elizabeth and I thank you so much for listening. We can't do this show without you. And um all our listeners worldwide, you guys are amazing. Keep sharing our shows with everyone so we can get more listeners. We've got millions, but this is so much fun and we want to keep being able to do it. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Elizabeth, as usual. I couldn't do this without you. Thank you, BFF. Love you. Thanks again, you. That, that warmed my heart today. Take care, Yeah, everybody. that was so much fun. What a great guy. Everyone yeah. have a great rest of your day. Yeah, take care.